Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good Okay, please, we got a lot of show. I know, it's like... <laughs> it's so exciting to be here at a television show. But let me... <laughs> let me get to the news, because a lot of people watch this show to get the news, so I have to fill them in. People are excited because the 2016 presidential race officially started this week. We have our first official candidate, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. People have Ted Cruz fever! It's kind of like that flu bug going around, but the shit comes out your mouth. (laughs) No, Ted Cruz first in. I got to give him points for not being coy, right? And he'd kind of taken a page out of Obama's playbook. Only a senator for two years, just like Obama was. Declare early, just like Obama did. Uh, The big difference, of course, is that Ted Cruz actually wasn't born in America. No. Ted Ted Cruz, who presents himself as the most all-American guy ever, born in Canada, his father's Cuban. He's half Canadian and half Cuban. He's got the gravitas of Justin Bieber. (laughs) Combined with the people skills of Scarface. So he's a terrific candidate. And, uh... But, uh... Two years is a short time to be in public service. They asked him on Fox News the other day what he's accomplished. And he said, stopped bad things from happening. (laughs) And that's his slogan. Ted Cruz, America's diaphragm. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... It's interesting. He made his declaration... This is very telling. Made his declaration that he was going to run at Liberty University. You're familiar? That's Jerry Falwell's college, wink, wink, a college where they teach the earth is 5,000 years old. I'm not kidding about that. And it was mandatory for the students to attend this speech of Ted Cruz. And a lot of the kids were not happy about it. They were slyly revolting. And some of them had Rand Paul t-shirts on, you know. One of them was reading a science textbook under the Bible. Now, uh... (laughs) 
Now, in other fundamentalist news, the Republican governor of Indiana has uh, signed a religious freedom bill which allows businesses to refuse service to gay customers. That has got to hurt if you're gay and someone tells you, we don't want your kind in Gary. <laughs> I want to know is say you're a restaurant how, how do you know who's gay I mean I when they did this with black people it was easy to but what is, I mean how do they how do they do it with gay people I, I don't know I, at Bennigan's now if you bring in a picture of you with a vagina <laughs> you get a free appetizer I, I'm just, that's not I'm, before I get sued by Bennigan's I don't know I'm sure Bennigan's are very nice people and Gays love them, and I just picked that name. Okay. It's, it's where gays go, Bennigan's. They go to Fire Island, <laughs> Palm Springs, <laughs> Key West, and Bennigan's. It's well known. Okay, so now the sad story that we just saw this the mystery of the Lufthansa German Wings plane that crashed in the Alps is not a mystery anymore. Uh, one of the pilots was just. Depressed. This is scary stuff. Andreas Lubitz, he was 28. His friend said he was bright, but also somewhat somber, possibly sinister, a little offbeat. Uh, what, uh, what doctors call German. I used to worry about the pilot being drunk. Now I'm like, well, at least he's in a good mood. Okay, that's... <laughs> I'll drink with you, Captain. Let me let me top that off for you, sir. What would freak me out is if I saw one of them eating a pint of Hagen Dots. That would. But uh... but apparently this this German pilot hid an existing illness, which he wouldn't have had to do if he was on Obamacare. I just want to point that out. Well, oh, one more thing about Ted Cruz. He. <laughs> the day after he declared, he signed up for Obamacare. He filibustered it for 21 hours two years ago, and now he signed up because his wife is quitting her job. He got his health insurance through his wife. Now she's quitting to help him on the campaign trail. So he doesn't have health insurance, so he signs up for Obamacare. He was asked, but he said, I believe we should follow the text of every law, even laws I disagree with. Ah. Well, you know what, Ted? If you need some medical marijuana, Also, some news on that front. Chris Christie, dead to me. <laughs> Chris Christie came out strongly against legalizing marijuana. He said, he said, legalized weed puts the lives of children and citizens at risk, as opposed to obesity. Uh, <laughs> of course, Chris Christie doesn't need weed. He was obviously born with the munchies. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, the drug war has been such a giant success. Such a giant success, we found out that, you see this, the DEA agents in South America were having sex parties with the prostitutes paid for by the drug cartels? Yeah. Oh. No, it's not cool. The Justice Department said they were outraged this was going on, and the Secret Service said they were outraged they weren't invited. <laughs> All right, you're a great crowd. We've got a great show. We have Zachary Quinto, Barney Frank.
An SD Cup, and a little later we'll be speaking with Professor Jay Falmietti about the water crisis here. But first up, he is the former governor of Arkansas, the author of God, Guns, Grits, and Gravy. Also, I believe he won eight states in 2008 in the Republican primary. Mike Huckabee's over here. Governor Mike Huckabee. How are you, Governor? Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good to see you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Uh, I know you're concerned about bad language. I tried to clean that up for uh. you tonight. I, I'm telling you, that could have been worse. It usually is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you know what? I, I agree with you sometimes. I, I sometimes watch a sitcom at 8 o'clock at night, and it's like at 8 o'clock at night, it's like five minutes in, and it's three dick jokes. I'm not... <laughs> Sorry, I... <laughs> you know what I'm saying, sir. Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, I do. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, I, I read in your book, you said that, you know, you grew up in the South, and, and there was a certain decorum there. Men did not cuss in front of women. Typically, that was the case. There was a certain uh, sort of just unwritten code that people behaved with a level of respect for others, and, and I, I... But I'm they not had approved. slaves. Look, I'm not a... Pre- uh, <laughs> Not in my life. No, no, not in your lifetime, but yeah. I, I just mean like... No. <laughs> I'm just saying... No, no, no. I'm just saying pri- of the priorities, you know, I would rather have uh, people who didn't have slaves and cussed. Yeah, but do you know what? What I think... People had a, a sense of respect for other people. I'm not a prude. I hear language all right. the time that I find that it's not the things I would say. Right hear it. That's okay. But here's what I feel like. When we become coarse, the coarseness of our language ends up becoming the attitude we have toward other people. I agree. And Especially then people in social become media. brutal. They become uh, very just mean and angry. Are you on Twitter? I am. It's yeah. nasty. You it mu- is very you nasty. You read your feed, they must say terrible things. They say awful things. They say awful things about everybody. But, you know, free speech is a great thing, but responsible speech is a right. part of the balance of that. And I, I never want the government, I, I wouldn't even want anyone else right. shutting me I down agree. or shutting you down okay. or anyone else. But I'd like for people to self-police and to say, you know, I can say anything I want, but I'm going to say the things that are more wholesome, that are more edifying to the overall culture and society, that make us a more civil country rather than a less civil country. Okay. Let's talk about your book. Now, okay. I remember you were on when you had your your previous book, which was about... I mean, you used to be Chris Christie level, right? I did. I, I, right. I was a and big you, boy. You yeah. were a big boy. And uh, <laughs> and you lost a lot of weight. I mean, you're not a rail, but you, you look healthy. <laughs> what? Neither am I. Well, I mean, you know, I, I went through a process. Uh, By the way, you look healthier than people who do get skinny at your age. Well, thank you. You look healthy at my age, um, <laughs> which is my age. But I mean, I lost 100 pounds back uh, in 2003. If I didn't, I think the doctor was quite right in saying, you know, I'd be entering the last decade of my life. So clearly, I've outlived that. Uh, you know, I've had bouts with uh, weight gain, but I, I really believe that one of the most important things that we have to do is to take care of ourselves and. And that's, again, it's a matter of personal responsibility. Okay. And I, I think but, that's... But your powerful. new book is called yes. God, Guns, Grits, and Gravy. Yes. In the South... Sounds though, like you flip-flopped on well, gravy. Well, no. You've got to understand, in the South, gravy is a beverage. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I know, but aren't you off the gravy? I mean, it's, yeah, wasn't Yeah, let me that... tell you, the, the term God, Guns, Grits, and Gravy is not a Southern recipe book. Right. It's really a depiction of the fact that there are bubbles of influence in places like New York, Washington, and Hollywood. And then there is a whole bunch of America in the middle 
often called flyover country, but my term for it over the past few years, I said, when people would ask me where I live, I'd say, I live in the land of God, guns, grits, and gravy. And by that, I mean, it's a place, if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I heard your mother is sick and in the hospital, I'm praying for her. Nobody is creeped out by that. Or if someone says, heard you just got a new Weatherby 300 mag. They say that everywhere. You don't think people pray in California? I think they do. If I lived in California, yeah, I'd be it, praying it, it, a lot. This is a weird thing, because... <laughs> Because I hear this all the time from yeah. social conservatives like yourself. You feel put upon. You feel like somehow the world is against you. You're 80% of the country. You have the vast majority, even in the blue states. Most people are religious. Most liberals are still follow a religion. Most Democrats do. I'm the only one sneering at you. <laughs> Nobody else is. I, I, so I don't, I, don't, I don't understand that persecution complex, except it's in Christian history. You love being persecuted. No, I think that there is... If you look at television shows and movies, you'll be hard-pressed to find a sitcom in which Christians, which do represent a significant part of the population... Significant? Yeah. The vast majority. But you won't see them presented as normal, decent people. They're usually a charlatan. What? They're often... What? Yes, Bill. Christians are depicted as charlatans? You're thinking of Jews. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where you're getting that from, but, but I have to tell you something. Okay. This may blow your mind. I made a little list of places I've traveled. Okay. Because I do stand up almost every weekend. I could, longer list, but I just picked out and see if you can tell why I picked these cities. This place I've been in the last two years Huntsville, Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee. Let's not do this for everyone. <laughs> Memphis, Baton Rouge, Savannah, Topeka, Kansas, Oklahoma City, Little Rock, Mobile, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, Kansas City, Charleston, West Virginia, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Macon, Georgia. What do they all have in common? They probably loved you. They probably all had in a standing states room that only. you won in 2008. Wonderful people they are. Smart people they are. <laughs> Brilliant people. But I. See, I, you have this thing in your book, Bubbaville. You were just yeah. describing it. And I think I know Bubbaville better than you do. No, I, I think don't. I'm in more cities than you are. And I see in America, I don't, think, I don't know if you know this America. I don't know if you know how actually people in the cities, yes, I'm sure if you go out in the deliverance area, they're... they're <laughs> <laughs> but... They look, act, and laugh just like people everywhere else. This country is not Bubbaville anymore. No, but Bill, I think what I would say to you, there's a lot of people who will come to your show, whether it's in whatever city. There are certainly, there are liberals, and there are all kinds of people in every city in America. There are conservatives. There are very strict fundamentalist Christians in Manhattan. I understand all that. I'm saying the prevailing worldview, and, and this is from going to New York every week for six and a half years, I, I told people when they said, are you going to do your to TV show? Yeah. Right. And they asked me, well, did I live there? I said, no, I'm not going to go there unless they let me duck hunt in Central Park, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's never going to happen. And my point being that... Why do you want to kill ducks? <laughs> really? They taste good, Bill. You kill things to eat them. You'd... Okay. All right. No, if but you my eat point them. is there is a difference in the culture in those areas that really set the table for American culture. And so much of the land well, that we call flyover world. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to ask the panel about this in a minute, about okay. the, the, this strategy. Because Ted Cruz, who declared this week, uh, is trying to steal your lunch. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're the real pastor. You're a real pastor, right? I was 25 years okay. ago. Okay. I but, don't know I what mean, you were doing 25 years I ago. I know, but, but you are a 
a Jesus enthusiast. I do. In I a, do love Jesus. I don't okay. even. I don't right. even deny that. Right. In a yeah. way that he really can't compete with, and yet he declared he he could have picked his alma mater, Harvard, to declare, but that would send an awful message that he believes in reason and logic. Uh, <laughs> He declared at Liberty he's going, he's going after your vote. And now I assume you're running for president. You're here. I will make a decision final sometime. You're running for president. Days. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, winning eight states the last time yeah. you ran, that, that's a lot of states. I mean, a lot of people run and don't win any states. Yeah. So you have a, a place to, to, a springboard to go from. What do you think about Ted Cruz getting in? Is he a threat to you? Well, everybody's a threat to me. I think they should all drop out <laughs> and uh, let me have it to myself. But, you know, there you everybody assumes that the only people who supported me eight years ago were the people who were religious. And the fact is, if they'd all really supported me, I'd have been the nominee. Right. The fact is, a lot of the people who supported me were working class people, the kind of people I grew up with, because mm -hmm. that's where I came from. I am not blue blood. I am blue collar. Right. I'm the first male in my entire family lineage that ever graduated high school. You're from the same town as Bill Clinton. I am. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton and I are both from Hope, Arkansas. You could have flipped a coin and wound up in different parties. Could have. <laughs> but he moved away when he was like five years old and I stayed. Because right. my family didn't have enough money to go. So there we were. Uh, he moved away from but a lot of things. The, the working class people, <laughs> that's where, <laughs> that's where okay. my support really came from. It was from truck drivers and baggage handlers and taxi drivers and... There's a loss of connection I, between the political class and I the people who are working. I wish we had more time but we to talk about why I don't think people like that should vote Republican. <laughs> but you make that case, and we'll see if they do. I think I can... Thank you, Governor. I appreciate you. You're brave you. to come here. Thank you. Great to see you. Thank you. Governor Mike Huckabee. All right, let's meet our panel. He's a nice man. All right, let's be in our panel. He was my favorite congressman who represented Massachusetts' 4th District. Now he's my favorite ex-congressman. His new book is Frank, A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage. Barney Frank's over there. <laughs> he stars in NBC's The Slap and The Girls. He's ace. Oh, love ace. <laughs> He stars in that, and also you know him as Mr. Spock. Zachary Quinto is with us. And now the only surviving Mr. Spock. Oof, it's true. Didn't Too mean to bum the crowd out before your introduction. <laughs> She's a CNN political commentator who just became a nationally syndicated columnist for Tribune, and I will take credit for popularizing her on this show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please welcome S.E. Cup. Okay. Remember to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and send us your questions for tonight's Overtime Overseas. Ah, so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. All right, I mentioned this to the governor there about Ted Cruz. He seems to be trying to steal the lunch of the evangelical vote. Uh, and I don't understand why they're all going after this vote, because I don't think this is where the vote is anymore in America. Why go to Bubbaville? Why declare at Liberty University? Why he made this big play that he listens to country music? We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, isn't this an America that was maybe voting for you 20 years ago, but this is not America today. Well, the, the problem for Ted Cruz, and he's not the only candidate who's going to have this problem, is, um, you know, his tactics, shutting down the government, 
blocking the vote on raising the debt ceiling, filibustering Obamacare, are what make him really popular with the base, the base. but make him detestable to the rest of the country. And you cannot win an election by alienating half the party anymore. And it's a problem that Hillary's going to have. It's a problem that Jeb is going to have. So you have to find a lane where you can convince the flank of your party and the centrists that you are palatable to both. And Ted Cruz is never going to get anyone but the flank of the party on board. It had that feeling of somebody that's... Right, that's, that's rushing out after a concert to the parking lot before everybody else gets their cars a little bit, you know, at <laughs> yeah. Liberty University trying to really corner this market, right. which is clearly his, Yeah, right. exactly, and, and he has all these people just behind him, this varied uh, field of contenders that are going to be giving him a run for yeah. his money. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I think the point, Bill, though, is that you've described America, but you haven't described the people who vote in Republican primaries, and that's a very right. different section. Sure. And by the way, it's self-selected. Uh, I wish other people voted in Republican primaries, but you can't blame the people who do vote. It's not their fault. It's the people right. who sit it out. Right. But the Republican primary electorate has become a very conservative entity. And they... So, so you can't... Now, the problem is, is, as she said, how do you go from there yeah. to the future? The, the danger the Republicans have is that that base takes over. I know there's a song. I don't sing well, but... It's kind of like, it's all about the base, no moderates. Oh, my God. You know, that, that, that's their problem. And uh, that the only thing I would, wow. I would disagree with that's on this. Uh, I, that is a problem, and I, and I think that's more of a problem for Jeb Bush. We have, as Democrats, been divided. We're more united this time. I do not think Hillary Clinton faces anything like the same conflict in the Democratic Party. She is much more a consensus candidate. That's going to be a problem for her. Honestly, no, if no one runs against her oh. and she has this inevitability, she's not going to convince oh. progressives to no. turn out a. for Hillary, Goldman Sachs, no. Clinton. It's not going to happen. In the first place, that's just nonsensical. She's a strong supporter of financial reform. Secondly, you know what's <laughs> going to turn people out for Hillary Clinton? The Republican nominee. She does not have to... What's going to turn people out is that she'll be for doing something about climate change. She will be appointing Supreme Court justices who will support the values of Democrats. She will be for maintaining financial reform. I'm not worried, given the way... The and women. Are. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Women are going to... It's Yeah. Just yeah. the way Obama, the first black, it, it turned out a vote that... A number of had... women were unhappy last time, and yet she has strong support from women. Okay, so t Ted Cruz, I have to say, he was on the day after he announced, he was on CBS this morning, and they asked him a very innocent question. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, and That's most... a gotcha question, Bill. Really? No, Exactly. Really. <laughs> most people would just answer it. He's, Ted Cruz's mind goes, oh, an opportunity to lie. Uh. So this is what he said, and I, it's not important, except maybe it is because it tells something about this guy. He said, I grew up listening to classic rock, my music changed. My music taste changed on 9-11. <laughs> Who thinks that's true? He said, I didn't like how rock music responded. And country music, the way they responded, resonated with me. I had an emotional reaction that said, these are my people. <laughs> right. I love the rodeo and Paula Dean and books about dead kids who go to heaven and come back. That's who I am. So I looked up how rock responded with yes. three giant exactly. fundraisers. Huge yeah. concerts. December, September 21st, all four networks showed America, a tribute to heroes, Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, U2, Tom Petty, Neil Young, Bon Jovi, Pearl Jam, a virtual roster of 
classic rock. I think it speaks to, in, in a way... October 20th, <laughs> Paul McCartney's Concert for New York. The Who, the Rolling Stones, <laughs> Paul McCartney, David Bowie, what Elton no. John, Eric Clapton. The next day, Michael Jackson had the few rock classic people who were left. Aerosmith, Rod Stewart, Darryl King. <laughs> Paul McCartney wrote a song called Freedom. Spursting, the, the Rising, yeah, but, Bon Jovi, but, Undivided, Neil Young, Let's Roll. How much more could Bill, they... but let's quote Governor Huckabee. Were they praying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did they really mean it? That's the problem. Yeah, and did they, mention, just... did they mention lift kits, trailer hitches, <laughs> beers, and getting drunk on a plane? I don't think so. <laughs> Case. It shows a willingness on, on the part of Ted Cruz, I think, to say whatever it is that people yeah. want to hear. It's, it's a real problem. His ability to deny certain aspects of things that are scientifically right. proven through the course of certainly climate change and global warming and, and many other topics. It's just somebody that is willing to pander to yeah. the people that he knows he has to get because that, they're really his only hope. Well, he could honestly not, be interested in... He could uh, honestly truly, like not, country truly, music, but, not but it's also politically exactly. pretty smart. Let me just say, I think Zach, Zach is absolutely right, and I think Cruz makes a mistake. That's a kind of a... That's the first step. Oh, I'll tell them what they want to hear. But I, I've developed a rule over time. I have several, not as many as yours, but I've developed a rule. No matter how you think, it will, how much you think it will help you in the short term, try not to say something that no one will believe. Because in the end, that's not going to be very useful. <laughs> right. No one believes him when he <laughs> right. says that. Right. He thinks it's great, and right. he just looks silly. Okay, so let's talk about the bill that you wrote for a second. You are out of Congress, but the bill bears your name and your legacy. And I noticed that when the Republicans took over, it was the first thing, the very first thing they tried to do was repeal Dodd-Frank, including the Volcker rule, uh, crazy derivative uh, speculation. The Consumer Bureau. The Consumer Protection Bureau. Bureau. All this. And I I remember after 9-11, people saying, especially on the right, but everybody said, we can't go back to a pre-9-11 mindset. And yet they seem to want to go back to a pre-financial crisis mindset. Uh, I wonder what you have to say about it. Oh, there's no question. And in fact, one of the critical reactions that it goes to Essie's question about Hillary Clinton, one of the issues that will be before the American people in 2016 is, do we maintain financial reform with changes, anything needs to be amended somewhat, but do we maintain the basic structure or do we go back to the essentially unregulated situation? Because the Republicans will be for undoing it. Hillary Clinton has already made very clear that she's for keeping it as it is. So uh, uh, between now and the auction, I'm confident that the president's going to protect it. There's a little glitch. A lot of us yelled, we're safe now. But that'll be an issue that'll be decided in 2016. Do we go back to the pre- uh, regulatory situation with regard to derivatives and no consumer bureau and bad mortgages being given out, or do we keep something like what we now have, making the necessary adjustments going forward? Yeah, but I, it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a false false argument here to say that those are the only two options. And there are smart Republicans who are suggesting who are they? Tweets. <laughs> give me names. There are smart smart Republicans. Well, give me the. There are Democrats now in Congress who are agreeing to smart tweaks so that, for example, small businesses maybe have an easier time getting a loan, so that maybe community banks and credit unions aren't collapsing under the weight of maybe some overreach of, of well-intended regulation. So it's not an either-or situation. It will be in 2016. The fact Well, is, you can fearmonger all you want, but there are plenty of people talking about I am not fearmongering. And they are Democrats. Oh, I see, I take comfort in the fact that you want to back away as a conservative from that issue. It is very clear, the Republicans have made this very clear, 
They all voted against the bill when it passed. They didn't vote for it with tweaks. They didn't vote for it with these amendments. They wanted nothing. It is very clear. I'm not fear-mongering to tell you what people say they're going to do. Their platform will include a substantial repeal. Yes, there should be some tweaks, but it's hard to do reform in the midst of open warfare on the whole operation. And the overwhelming thrust of the Republican Party is to undo this and to go back to where we were. Well, I hope you're not entrusting Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton to carry on this mantle for you, because all your great work in financial reform is going to be handed off to two people who have been incredibly cozy with the bank. That is an absolute misstatement. Fact. Hillary Clinton <laughs> has been very supportive of this. When President Obama signed a bill that I wish he hadn't signed that made a slight tweak, she put out a tweet saying that we, we cannot back away. And oh, the, well, if she tweeted, then okay. Yeah, but she put a public statement out there, a public <laughs> statement saying what she thought. Here's the problem that, you, that people like you pose to us. If we demonize the financial community and have nothing to do with them and attack them, then we're being radical and disruptive. If we work with them in a cooperative way, then, then we're in bed with them. In fact, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer voted for that bill. Chuck Schumer voted against weakening amendments. The notion that because he has some understanding of the industry, he's going to sell it out, it simply isn't factually true. Okay, well, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> I'm glad you guys took care of that one. <laughs> So could I ask one more question about Wall Street? It, it, the stock market is just through the roof, right? It's over 18,000. But if it was some kind of real indication of how our economy is going, why would college grads be moving back in with their parents mm-hmm. and taking jobs as Uber drivers? Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw this. There's, here's a post from... Reddit. Somebody said, my grandpa worked at a grocery store and made enough money to raise a family in Santa Monica. I work at a grocery store. I can't even afford to rent a room. <laughs> what happened? I think what happened? I think it's a larger systemic problem with, uh, you know, the way we have all come to live our lives. In addition to all of the regulation and all of the government, uh, you know, positions, all of these things, the reality is that people have really come to just want what they want. And it it, it dilutes the waters to the degree that I think people are kind of backing themselves into their own corners where we're not able to provide for ourselves and for each other the way we used to because we've lost sight of connectivity and the kind of uh, uh, interactions that actually make those differences. And I think it's... uh, But an apartment is an apartment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, when I moved out here, an apartment was $300 a month. And you couldn't find a place for your car. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's just... Preposterous. We're generating wealth. The way the economy works in America, people are rewarded because of what where America can sell in the rest of the world with very high skills, with very high education levels. If you have the kind of basic willingness to work that 40 years ago got you a good job in an auto plant or a steel plant, that hasn't happened. And there's been this this shift in the private sector. So overall wealth is created. It's distributed unfairly. I think the lack has been a more active set of public policies that work with the private sector to keep the production, but do some redistribution. We should, for example, you could go 30 years ago, 40 years ago, to a state university, a state college. State legislatures have been forced to cut back or have cut back. The funding for these public institutions is gone. So now it costs way too much. I think we need to do more to provide some some public activity. Construction workers, we have plenty of jobs that could be put to work in fixing our infrastructure, fixing the bridges and the railroads. We're running too short of money to do that. If we put more money into that, yes, you would see a better distribution. Okay, I have to move on. There's an issue that I care a lot about, which is water. I live in California, and I'm used to water, and I want to keep it. Uh, 
we're 39 million people out here. You know, we are the most popular state in the country, and we do provide food. I think we grow 25% of the agriculture that's consumed in America. So and a lot of the attitude. You give us a lot, this is a lot of the attitude. Very important. I'll, I'll let that pass, <laughs> Bernie. I, a little, little bitchy, but okay. Uh, I didn't say. I you love to, you, but yeah. I didn't say you had a monopoly I, on that. Right. Just most of it. But you know, we're in the fourth. <laughs> we're in the fourth year of a drought. I saw this headline recently in the Los Angeles Times. California's about one year of water stored, uh, and you know, I said, "Where's the panic?" And maybe you're right. Maybe you know. It reminds me of the people in that SNL sketch, the Californians. You know, we're like, Stuart, what are you worrying about water for? Take the 405. (laughs) So uh, I looked at what the government is doing. It's like pathetic. They put out water conservation guide. I swear to God, this is not a joke. Some of their suggestions are, in restaurants. The waiter has to be asked before he brings you water. They just don't do it automatically. In hotels, they're just if you, you if you ask, they won't clean your towels unless you. Mm-hmm. Persp- okay, some of these are so lame. Look at some of these other ones. Number twenty-four. Instead of turning the hose on two dogs having sex, <laughs> try to talk them out of it. I mean, this is not going to get the job done. Look at that. Number thirteen. Instead of washing your car. <laughs> Troll S and M clubs to find a masochist who will lick your car clean. Now, oh that's not gonna. That's a thing. Uh, number fifty-five. SpongeBob is just Bob now. <laughs> oh, one thirty-seven. Celebrities have been asked to pitch in. They're popular anyway, so they're being asked to stop showering. Uh, Mickey Rourke and Nick Nolte have been helping out for years. Part of the uh, Yeah. Uh, number 22, the next time the Octomom's water breaks, she has to save it. No, Bill, no. Wow. No. No. Bill, Bill, can I just defend... No, no, No. let me finish the bit, and then... But just that it's California, not the federal government. I just want to take no... no, I'm in the middle of a comedy bit. (laughs) Then... Stoners and druggies. If the DEA comes to the door, make sure the entire household stash is in the toilet before you flush. Uh, This one's for Robert Durst. While dismembering a neighbor in the bathtub, (laughs) turn off the faucet while bagging body parts. Oh, my God. Makes sense. Instead of having to dump a bucket of ice over your head to give money to charity, just give money to charity, you fucking deadbeat. And finally, number 71, instead of bathing with water, choose another colorless, odorless, tasteless liquid, like Budweiser. (laughs) All right, let's bring out the professor to talk about this. He's a professor at the University of California in Irvine and senior water scientist for NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, Jay Falmayetti. Jay, professor, how are you, sir? All right. So, finally, a witness who will tell us expert testimony uh, about this. They call you the Al Gore of water, I hear. Wow. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Well, you know it's a bad... It's a, uh, 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 
Uh, you don't like you know, Al Gore? No, no, love him, love him. Okay. Uh, it is. Look, it's a bad. It's a bad situation. Yeah. And, Why and isn't there a panic, or I, at least a I, sense of I, urgency? I, Where's I the governor going on TV? What's the plan, man? Yeah. Well, that's that's water. The point. Serious that's, shit, that, that's, bro. It's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, the original title for the op-ed that I submitted was "Dude, Where's My Paddle." Um, and uh, my paddle, my paddle, like uh, you know, dude, oh, where's my car? Up I'm up the creek without right. a paddle. In fact, the print, right, the print paddle. version. Paddle. There's of no it. stream. Right. Right. To put exactly. the boat in. Right. And so that's what the L.A. Times ran with. And the print was uh, uh, up a dry creek, right. And so that was sort of the, the, the theme. But you know, here's the thing: the drought situation is much worse uh, than I think is generally perceived. And this may be why we're not getting the public response that we want. We use NASA data to look at how the total amount of water storage, the total together. So yes, show that, show that chart the, we have, that, that picture. That, look at this. Right, so... It's green, and red, now it's red. Now, Doc, I'm not a yeah. scientist, red but is I, bad. Red is bad. Red is bad. <laughs> That's what I know, red is bad. Is that, be, is that the water below the surface? A lot, a lot of science is based on that. Right. Anyway, red is bad. Red yeah, that's the that's that's the water below the surface, and so so what's happening in California? Uh, you know, our our water system sort of works like this: we have uh, snow and 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 rain. No, we don't. Like, that are that that's are like the, the income, right? They're like the income, right? Our reservoirs oh, are like the checking account, right? Right. And oh. then the groundwater the is like a long-term reserve. Right. So we have no income right now. Right. Right. The checking account, the reservoirs are running out. That's right. Uh, they, they're only going to hold. They're only for short-term, like a real checking account. They're only for short-term storage. And so we're hitting that groundwater really, really hard, and it's disappearing really, really rapidly. I understand some places the the, the ground sinks because that's right. we take. That's the right. Water. And that's absurd. It's like that's letting. Scary. It's like letting uh, the air out of a bicycle or or uh, a car tire. But it deflates. Isn't the answer we we just have to not grow so much because most of the water gets taken well, we by gotta, agriculture? We eat, man. You had yeah, some, but but you we don't eat some food in your. You yeah, but awesome we don't have to eat almonds. Room. No, right. You know, so almonds. I hear problem. take ten percent right. no, of no, the no, water. Right, right. Like it's it takes problem. one gallon of water to grow a single almond. Right. I mean, I like almonds, but you know, sometimes you got to take one for the team. Almonds. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, what's no, right. Uh, so, what what yeah. can you not live without? Water right, or almonds? Right. I can I, live I, without I, almonds. I hear you, but you know, uh, you know, almond, almond milk is cool. No, so uh, uh, <laughs> we grow. There's a big, there's a big shift in the in the Central Valley, and this is a problem. And the shift is from the annual crops to the perennial crops, to so the orchard crops, the uh, the you know the nut trees. And the and the vineyards and they are they're really sucking the they're sucking and the grass dry. people grass you know crazy. so grass, grass is like is the crazy. biggest crop in the country I change I I put in fake grass good for it's you it's fine but you know there are homeowners there's something wrong with fake there grass are, there are homeowners associations that won't let you do that and what? that's crazy what it's true they won't let you they will not let you put in fake grass oh, that's so far so. It, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, what about fracking? You know, I mean, the governor of New York had the balls to so, say, you know, right. no fracking. We're not right. going to do it here. Fracking right. takes an incredible amount of water, right? It does. That's right. And so there's major... And they're considering there's, it. Why there's major, okay, there's major water issues that are associated with fracking, and they're not getting the attention. They're not getting the, you know, the environmental impacts, especially on the water side, are not getting, like, you know, the, they're not getting costed properly. So when we look at the benefits and the costs, we're not, we're not uh, taking the water stuff into account. So we've got the contamination, right, the, the potential release of the fracking, the very toxic 
fracking fluids out into the environment through the wells and, and into the, the reservoir rock itself. Uh, the storage of the fracking fluids on the surface, uh, the contamination of, of wells within, a, say, a one-kilometer radius, uh, the micro-seismicity, these are, and the huge amount, like you said, the huge amount of water uh, that's required to, uh, uh, to do the fracking. So those are all things that have to be properly... Uh, uh, properly costed so that when you do the, the pros and cons and you look at the benefits and the costs, the environmental costs have to be properly What about the evaluated. people who ask about desalination? You hear that a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So well, no, I mean, they seem cool. to be, it doesn't seem, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that would be harder than <laughs> a lot of other things we, we, we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, just take salt is, out of water. Right, right. And so, you know, it's not, it's not crazy. The issue is that it's, uh, it's expensive. Right, okay. um, and so to produce the water at this point in time takes. Uh, takes uh, but it can't be more expensive than bottled water is already. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean I, Nestle's. I, I Nestle's okay. takes the water they, out of the ground do, for they free, do, they get it for puts free. it in a bottle, that's and right. sells it back that's, to us. That's right. It's, it's, uh, that's our crazy. So that's our crazy water law right there. They, uh, they have the right to do it. The, the rights have been in place for yeah. over a hundred years, and it's and it's <clears throat> and it's crazy. Isn't it also about how little water you're actually able to get from desalination that? that yeah, so the desal stuff, that's right. I mean, it takes a lot of energy, it's very expensive, and then you're left with the brine, and you have to do something with that brine. Okay. And it's oh. also the, the oh. salt. The salt, right? Yeah. What? Sell it as salt. Right, you could. And no, that's right. Put it on and, fucking no, almonds. No, no. So, <laughs> okay. Problem solved. Right, let me. What, why is it that we're scared of some things? Let me ask everybody. Why are we scared of some things so much and other things don't phase us at all? I mean, we're running out of water. There's no reaction here. The plane goes down. It just makes people crazy. Mm-hmm. Terrorism makes people crazy. I saw a headline last week. There was a ice cream kills three. There was some taint, some taint got into the ice cream in the Midwest. If that was ice cream tainted by Al-Qaeda kills three, sure. we'd have passed 20 laws by now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it like in the, in the case of the water, nothing seems different to anybody yet? You know, I mean, no, right. everybody's that's still right. living, that's driving right. around, on, going... Yeah. Turn the turning, faucet on, you know, water comes out. I, I feel guilty of it myself at times. And, you should. You know, I, don't li- I know, and I don't, I don't live in California anymore, but when you I come terrible. back here, I I'm more mindful. I see you're not shaving. But isn't it the reality that when you don't feel it yet, it doesn't seem such a threat? But everybody gets on a plane. Everybody knows that you know, this is uh, something that affects all of us in terms of how we get around the world. So then it becomes an immediate thing that can, we can react to. And reactionary uh, tends to be the kind of default setting for humans, it seems. I don't know. You need... The, the, it focuses when there are specific identifiable victims. So a general threat that hasn't happened to anybody yet is different. Uh, that's where the ice cream is sort of a counterexample of that. But generally, it's when real people can get dramatized. And you know, there are no weeping relatives of people who've been hurt by water shortage. Okay, but, but, but just today, the administration announced they're going to do something about antibiotic-resistant bacteria, which kills 23,000 people a year. We had it out here, this CRE in the Ronald Reagan Medical Center. Let me start it on Ronald Reagan, <laughs> having a hospital named after him. But... Uh, but, I mean, 23,000 people, it's just a lot more likely than a psycho pilot. Mm. And I noticed that when we, when we have a tragedy like this, people go through these stages, and the first one is shock, and the second one is how could it happen, and then it's like, could CNN give it a rest, please? And, yeah. and then they get to, we should never let this happen yeah. again. 
And I think we have to be very wary of that one. Yeah. Because after 9-11, look at all the uh, crazy, we can't let this ever happen again bullshit we did. The Department of Homeland Security, the war in Iraq, making airline travel miserable. All of it was crazy. I think sometimes you just have to accept that the world's full of crazy people. And they're going to do crazy things. I, I think in the case of the, the airline... Are. In the case of the airline, it seems like just a best practice to, to keep two personnel in the cockpit at all times. Yeah. I think that's that's a good one. And also, yeah. But the overreaction to create new laws and we've got to do psych profiles on these people and invade their computers to make sure they don't get... You're not going to be able to prevent but, every tragedy. And that's just putting your yeah, grown-up it's pants a simple, on. It's right. a, what they're talking about now is a simple adjustment and something that all American Airlines already do already. Do. And right. I feel like if I'm getting but into an aluminum tube... The and problem comes air, in. It's just a good idea. I like the fact that there's somebody else... Even but the reason why yeah. this yeah. one happened is because of what we put in place but to begin the with. The, the, the locked door. The problem, Bill, comes yeah. seriously when there are people with some influence who have an agenda and they are waiting for something to come right. along so they can act on it. The shock Dick Cheney, doctrine. Dick Cheney... Like the gun control people? No, who are you talking I'm talking about? about Dick Cheney. You asked, do you want an answer or you want to make yeah. a talk about it? Yeah. Here's the answer. Dick Cheney who seized on 9-11 right. to launch an entirely unrelated war against Iraq and, in fact, to elevate the terrorists, terrible people, but not the existential threat to America that the communists were or the Nazis were. And he was upset that the military budget was coming down. So they seized on this to blow it up into a major threat. You got the Patriot Act, which I'm proud to have voted against. You got the war in Iraq, which I voted against. There are people who, who want to do more and they wait for something to come along so on, they can be yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because for, uh, for, for fans of war, there's a new... <laughs> Warists. <laughs> Warists. Uh-huh, uh-huh. War enthusiasts. There's a yeah. new one in the Middle East, Yemen. There's a war in Yemen now, the Saudi Arabians and a big coalition, like all the Gulf states are doing it, Pakistan is sending the <laughs> Navy, Egypt is getting involved, Turkey say, you know, I said on the show a few weeks ago, I said, where are the Arab nations fighting their own battles? They heard me. <laughs> they watched. <laughs> and uh, and they're, 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 they went to war against the Houthis, yeah. who I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. These are not the Tutsis, these are the Houthis. <laughs> and the Houthis must be like, what the fuck did we do to get the, the world against us because they nobody ever did this before mm-hmm. but the houthis are backed by iran mm-hmm. they took over the government in yemen and now everybody's attacking them and it's interesting the la times headline today was u.s finds itself on both sides <laughs> at once in the middle east because with the isis people we're with the iranians we're helping the iranians fight the isis people but in yemen we're helping the saudi arabians mm-hmm. But it's complicated because the Houthis oh, were also yes. against al-Qaeda. So that, that was a complication, and uh, I, 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 the answer would be for but us... But this is a Sunni-Shiite throwdown. Isn't this our cue to leave? Yes. It's like when you're out with another... You know... You ever been out with another couple at dinner, and they have a big fight, and you're like... Okay, we'll see you on Monday. We, mm-hmm. But when you're just friends with that <laughs> couple, you though, guys... when you've been in the middle of that fight for so long, yeah. it becomes harder to extricate yourself, and also to the point where there's an entire generation of people who have been bred to hate us for being involved in the first place who are now interested in just exacting the revenge of our involvement. So it's, yeah. it's so convoluted that this latest flare-up seems to be just another layer of complication well, about how do we get out of it. arguing about 
how we got pregnant, right? How did we get pregnant? Well, you're pregnant. The baby's coming. You can't get unpregnant. Terrorism is a fact now, and we can either deal with it now or we can deal with it later. It's I, not going I away. I want to deal with terrorism. Yeah. When we find the terrorists, we kill them. I'm all for that. But getting involved in these political fights in the countries, pretending that we can make Iraq into a real country when the people in there don't want to be, is a very I think great thing. It's the difference between that. Right, all right, well, people want to go back in there. Which is, I think that his. But we just did that again. strategy in Yemen. We just decided we're going to kill and terrorists. And I want to stay. We, and that should do the trick. I think we should stay out of Yemen. You killed them individually. So, but it's also yeah, now did. about the terrorists that are coming did. from the United States and Europe and being recruited they're by not, these people to go there. Right? there aren't it's many the of them. They're, 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 just... they're, not, they're not quantitatively important. Bill, I think, again, there's a broader question here. There are people who believe that America's role is to be the leader in the world and to preserve order. And I think the time for us to say, you know what, we want to be very strong, we want to defend ourselves, we'll come to the aid of some allies, but we've been the leader for a while. It's been very nice. Right. It's your turn. Let's let somebody exactly. else be the leader. Let's let because being the yes. leader means and there are they need to have this fight amongst themselves the Americans, way the Christians yeah. and the Protestants did in the 60s. There are Americans who believe it's gonna happen. Let them do it. There are Americans who believe that and they say this, they criticize Obama. What's Obama doing about that? Yeah. Why? Why is it Obama's responsibility right. to referee these fights of people who've hated each other for a long time? I'm sorry they do. We can't stop it. Do you think okay. Obama has any responsibility, though, in Yemen, for creating no. a, a chaos vacuum, say, in Libya, no. where he sent troops in? No, I think the well, he has a little in Libya. More is for George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. Right. That right. war in Iraq Again, was the biggest... who got us pregnant? Let's stop arguing oh, about me. who got us when pregnant. Why? It's relevant. Excuse me. Now, what it's... are you going to do about it now? I have to respond. First, first you say, oh, isn't it Obama's fault? When I responded, I didn't say that. yeah, you said, isn't it Obama's responsibility? In I Libya? asked you if in, he has some responsibility oh, you, for sending. Yes. In other words, who, is, who got us pregnant in Libya? So you're different about your pregnancy. No, testing. I'm pointing out point that is, you only want to blame Bush. Yes, I do. Because the war in Iraq, the stupidest thing the American government ever did, the most costly and the most damaging, is a major reason why things began to deteriorate. I'm just glad Dick. <laughs> So what do you want to okay, do about it? Leave them to their we, own. We can't settle it today. We'll uh, talk in five years about how great that strategy is when well, we've left everywhere. I'm just glad Dick Cheney isn't alive to see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, panel. It's time for New Rules, everybody. New Rules. New Rule, now that the University of North Georgia has put out this Why Follow When You Can Lead course guide that shows white men winning out over a woman and a black man. <laughs> they have to change their name to Cracker State. <laughs> Cracker State, home of the flying mullets. <laughs> Where our black studies program is our basketball team. New rule, before Amy's Kitchen recalls all their gluten-free tofu breakfast wraps because there may be listeria in the spinach, they have to tell us what listeria tastes like because if it tastes good at all, I say leave it in. <laughs> New rule, the 33-year-old Mexican woman who was arrested in a movie theater masturbating to Fifty Shades no. of Grey... <laughs> Has to stop kicking my seat. (laughs) 
It's bad enough sitting through all these trailers without you coming soon. Please, I'm watching a terrible movie from an illiterate book while people around me talk and text on their phones. Don't make it disgusting. <laughs> Nurul, now that we're normalizing relations with Cuba, we have to buy them a new boat. <laughs> Although they do get props for inventing the first hybrid Chevy. New rule, since he's never going to be president, Ted Cruz has to enjoy this moment where he can act like he is. How do I know you're not going to be president, Ted? Because even your daughter is looking up at you like, really? <laughs> and finally, new rule, don't throw the synthetic baby out with the bathwater. Last week, you may have seen that the iconic designers Dolce & Gabbana caused a ruckus when they said that even though they're proudly gay, when it comes to how you make it a bambino, <laughs> they're old-school Italians who don't approve of what they called synthetic children, because, you know, synthetics, they just don't breathe like cotton. <laughs> well, naturally, a backlash ensued, and now people are refusing to wear this shirt. And you know what? So am I. But not, be but not because I'm protesting something. Because I'm not Persian. <laughs> yes, we joke about everybody here, and that's something a lot of liberals have forgotten how to do. For folks who take such pride in their love of diversity, liberals increasingly seem to tolerate none in their own ranks. I don't necessarily agree with Dolce & Gabbana, but what is the point of attacking people who are 95% on your side? Give them a break. They're from Sicily. The same place Justice Scalia comes from. And if you want to protest someone who doesn't support gays, start with him. But... But no, it's easier to get all fake outraged over the hateful anti-gay speech of two men who bedazzle codpieces for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen, Martina, they were all furious. Courtney Love said she planned to burn her Dolce & Gabbana and then breathe in the melting polyester. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know what might get you high. But Dame Elton John... <laughs> <laughs> was the angriest of all, tweeting, how dare you refer to my children as synthetic? My hair, yes, but not my children. <laughs> he recorded a protest song called I Won't Let My Son Go Down On You. Oh, my God. <laughs> and called for a boycott. Really? You can't sell handbags now if you only agree with Elton John almost all the time. In Syria, ISIS is throwing gay people off buildings. Maybe there are bigger battles to fight. We liberals always talk about how the right needs to rein in its crazies. But the left has some crazy reining in to do, too. Unless you think I'm creating a false equivalency, I'm not. Because on the right, unlike the left, they have actually managed to carve out a place for their crazies. Unfortunately, that place is elected government. <laughs> yeah. 
All the more reason not to drive people into their arms with crazy political correctness. For example, The Economist last week drew the wrath of the liberal website Media Matters, who said that their jalapeno flag cover was the sort of stereotype that ignores Latinos as a multifaceted community and relegates them to chili pepper-consuming constituents. <laughs> hey, Media Matters, can I say one thing to you? Shut the fuck up. Hey. <laughs> right. No Hispanic looked at this cover and said, I've been wronged. They looked at it and said, Mmm, yum, jalapeno. <laughs> Look at this insane headline. College president forced to apologize after saying all lives matter. You know what happened? A college president sent out an email in support of the protesters in Ferguson, but said all lives matter instead of black lives matter. And then had to apologize? I'm sorry, I... I meant black lives. Fuck all lives. <laughs> How deeply stupid has the far left become when gay designers can't get along with gay musicians, when vegans attack vegetarians for not being pure enough? I've seen this. Cheese eater, burn him! <laughs> I see agnostics and atheists bitching at each other. Why is this even a thing? <laughs> Do you believe in a talking snake? Me neither. We're on the same team. <laughs> okay, one more. At Mount Holyoke this year, they canceled a production of the vagina monologues because they said it offended the transgendered by offering, quote, an extremely narrow perspective on what it oh means God. to be a woman. <laughs> Yes, we forgot all about the 0.3% of women who don't have vaginas but still want a monologue. Uh, I'm... S I'm sorry, I love the transgendered, but if you're transgendered and you can't handle the vagina monologues, you don't need a vagina. You're already a giant pussy. All right, that's our show. We're off next week. We'll be back April 10th. I'll be at the Bayou Music Center in Houston, May 3rd, at the Ulster Performing Center in Kingston, New York, June 6th. I want to thank Barney Frank, Zachary Quinto, Essie Cup, Jay Famiglietti, and Mike Huckabee. Join us now for Overtime Overseas on YouTube. Good night. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch them anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.